Welcome to Currents, your leading global voice of maternal feminism. As maternal feminists, we are inviting you to join us, using our voices in the public square for the things that deeply matter, our faith, our families, and our maternal identities. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers and women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in our homes, our communities, and our world. Hi everyone, this is Carolina Allen from Big Ocean Women, and we're so excited to have you join us again today for our podcast, Currents. And today's a really awesome um, episode because we have with us um, two amazing leaders uh, that are wave leaders in Big Ocean Women, Nikki Brown and America Ryrie, as well as Dana Robb, who's one of our directors and leaders in Big Ocean Women. And we're going to be talking about a really incredible um, tenet, which is that we are each unique and innately worthy of respect. And so I will let Dana take it from here. We're gonna have an awesome conversation. Thanks so much, ladies, for joining us. I just wanna say, I'm really excited we're having this conversation because if I had one goal in life, it would be to debunk this idea that you have to prove your worth that you have to have more and be more or do more than someone else to be able to show your value because that just really isn't true. We each have innate worth and I love hearing some of the things that you two women have been up to in Houston, Texas. So go ahead and introduce yourselves for just a moment. I'd love to hear, have our listeners hear who you are and we'll start with Nikki. Thank you. Um, I have six kids. I live in Houston. I've been here for about 11 years. Um, I I love what Big Ocean does because of, um, you know, I just read all the values I resonate with. So um, I guess I spend my time with my family and with my faith community. Um, and then I also practice therapy on the side. That's just been recent years. I started doing that again. That's awesome. I'm America Ryrie, and I'm originally from Corpus Christi, Texas, and we moved here in 2008 to Houston um, for my husband's work. Um, I also have six children, and I recently went back to nursing school. I have uh, just under a year and a half left, so um, I spend my time studying mostly these days, and um, just whatever big ocean women, whatever comes our way and whatever we can jump on to fulfill needs, um, we try to do. I love that. Yeah, today our focus is going to be on action. Thinking about this tenant through the lens of what can we do? How can we serve? And I know that you guys um, do a lot of service in your Houston wave. So recently, or I guess this has been a project that you've done the last couple of years where you've provided stockings for inmates. And I'd love to hear how that started, what inspired you to do that project. And um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about that. Well, so um, we were looking for a project last year that we could do during the holidays um, that would be meaningful, but that we could all make time to do because the holidays, especially with a lot of children and activities, with church and school community, it just gets kind of crazy. But we didn't want that to stop us from still working on something meaningful. Um, and so I, my, my story um, 
if you don't know me, uh, my first husband was incarcerated when my son, my oldest son was two and he had a 28 year sentence. It was, um, a really, really difficult time in our lives, especially around the holidays. And I just remember lots of organizations reaching out and I, I think my husband would sign us up for some. And, um, so they'd reach out and say, how can we help your, your family? Um, they'd bring us food. They'd uh, bring my son toys, sometimes clothes, gift cards. And I just remember feeling like this overwhelming feeling of gratitude for them just thinking of us and not being forgotten. And so uh, in thinking of a project that we could do, I thought, well, we I could pay it forward, right? Because now I'm fortunate that um, my family is not in that situation anymore. And so we reached out to the prison and there's a lot of organizations like the Salvation Army has Angel Tree where they provide a multitude of things um, and needs for families during the holidays. And that is like nationwide. And so obviously we don't have those type of resources. So when I was talking to the warden, he's like, well, who are you guys? And what are you trying to do here? And, you know, I explained, well, I'm just trying to simplify. What if we do like a stocking? Um, and then when the children come to visit, they can be handed the stocking as they leave so that they feel um, not forgotten and that they still feel the Christmas spirit. Because when you go visit your loved one in, in a prison, obviously it's, it's not a fun time. But when you're in the moment, um, being with your loved one, uh, you forget all of that. But then when you walk out and your loved one has to stay there and you leave, it's not a good feeling. So, especially for children. So, and as adults, we tend to forget that. So we thought, okay, we'll fill these stockings with all of these goodies and hand them out as the children leave. And so we're like, okay, how are we gonna get the stockings? <laughs> Who's gonna fill them? So we quickly just started brainstorming about logistics and we came up with a plan with the warden because he's like, well, we have like 1800 inmates and some of them have children, some of them have 12 children. Uh, some of them will have visitors, some of them will not have visitors. So we were like, okay, let's just break it down to the bare necessities. We're going to break it down by gender and by age. And we're going to have a certain number and just kind of guesstimate over the break, a three-day weekend, and we'll go from there. So we collected 200 stockings that were donated by a local, our church actually, and then we just put the word out. We made flyers, we posted on social media, we forwarded it to friends and other um, church communities and the word just spread. And before we knew it, we were getting donations at the church on our doorsteps and it was so wonderful. I couldn't even believe it. I was so overwhelmed at the response and people just texting me like, hey, I heard that you guys were doing this. Is it okay if I bring this bag? And I'm like, yes. And so it just did. And um, I'm not sure if you guys got to see the pictures, but my dining room table, it's it seats 12. It was just, just full, just overflowing. And so we had Big Ocean Women come the night before and sort out um, all of the goodies and by age and by gender, we started it at four and capped it at like 12. So like kind of tweenish, but people donated like five to $10 of um, fast food gift cards and store gift cards and 
just all kinds of amazing, wonderful things. And so these stockings were overflowing. We had them in bins and then we set up a sign up genius and had women sign up or families. There were couples that went, there were some people that took their teenagers and they took shifts over this three-day weekend and handed them out. And it was so wonderful, not only the impact that it had on the children, uh, but also people who were visiting for their ministries, because every, on the weekends, people come from their own churches or whatever, their own ministries that they sign up for, were like, who are you guys? And, and how can we work with you? And just bearing their testimonies to us and the warden and his staff, all of the... Um, the jailers that were there, because this was still like kind of a, in terms of COVID, there were still like parameters where guards had to be outside testing anybody who came to the prison to visit. So kind of by default, they were stuck with us outside as we were handing them out. So we got to know them pretty well. And literally by the end of like the last shift, they were bearing their testimonies to us and asking how they could get involved. And it was just so cool. So then uh, as hard as it was to get our foot in the door, I thought, wow, that was that went well, but I don't know what's going to happen next year. So in November, I got an email from the warden asking if we'd come back. And I was just like elated. I was so happy because it it meant that it meant the same thing to them and they saw the need for it. So that was wonderful. Oh, I love that. That's so incredible. Really, you, you touched on a lot of things that that the impact wasn't just on those that you were serving, but on those around that were watching the service, the, those that were included in the service. Um, the the impact would you did how did it impact you personally, your family, your wave members? Our wave members, they just step up to the plate. They're also equally busy with you know everything going on, but they are so good about saying, listen, I can't be there for you know the whole day, or I can't even be there for that shift, but I can donate this, or I can collect this, or I can have my neighbors help with this. And so collectively, it just kind of all came together um, in a way that like I, I didn't even believe was possible, especially around the holidays. There's so so, you know, people are asking for so many things. But I just really felt so strong, the need so strong, and I really wanted to pay it forward. And um, we we kind of thought about like just like the kids that were in mind, and I I just had this feeling like Heavenly Father had these kids in mind, whoever we were going to hand them to, because of and and it was like came to fruition when we saw the last one given. And it just was like perfect, like how everything worked out. And then, so that was uh, this year. Last year, we actually had around 40 stockings left over. And Nikki uh, got a call from someone from our school district that we worked closely with. She's like in community relations with the school district. Um, she reached out to Nikki and said, hey, we had adopted some families um, in the area for Christmas. And do you, do you know, of like it, where we could get like stockings or, you know, and Nikki was like, well, we just happened to have like 45. Wow. <laughs> so, so we got to donate those. And it, it just was like, all these little things were like, just so validating, like <laughs> our little project. You were doing the right thing. You were in the right place and you impacted more than just who you intended to serve, but you were able to provide for others as well. I love that. I think it's really important. Like, America had this idea and she took the idea 
without any means or knowledge of how to move it forward. And there really were hurdles. And the time crunch to get it done was, you know, something that you'd, would be easy to just say, it's not going to happen this year. Like we can't pull it together. And so I think that's, that is a, you know, a tribute to that one tenant where we are each unique and America had this idea and she had this unique perspective on it mm-hmm. and she was able to move it forward in a way that only she would have done. You know, anyone else would have just said, oh gosh, we can't do this right now. But she understood the vision and she kind of allowed herself to be an instrument, you know, to, to be a light for others because she was willing to move it forward. So I think that's, that's a power, just as powerful a piece to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you said that. I love that so much, Nikki and America. And I think that what it, what it shows is, is the power of our, like the challenges, like America, you were in a, a position where you yourself felt that sting of being separated from your loved one during Christmas and you know, having your children, your own children have to say goodbye at the door. And you knew that sting and what that felt like. And I think that sometimes in our lives, like the things that are our greatest hurdles end up being our greatest triumphs. Like it became a driving force for you. Like what Nikki said, that only you, because of your unique situation, you knew you had to, you had, you had built up all of that faith collectively within you that said we have to make this happen because I know how important it is and you had that internal strength to carry it through and I love also the fact you know Dana you brought it up that the impact you know it was so broad and far-reaching that that the vision you had like I don't think you even recognized that it would be as as far-reaching as it has become right but you know, the, that driving force that no one needs to be left behind. Everyone has worth. Everyone is innately worthy of that respect. Um, even within the prison doors and within the prison walls. And, you know, um, I think that that, that kind of just all encompassing love was, was felt with the prison wardens, with the people volunteering there. And so it just rippled outward. And we always talk about good acts rippling outward in big ocean. And I think this was such a great example of that. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'd love to hear some other stories. I know there are other projects that you've been involved in that I think touch on this. Um, one of them that I was reading about was your your service to the homeless and how you go and have meals and it's as families, right? You go in yes. eat together with them. So it's not you just serving them, but interacting with them. And I think that's such a powerful thing. So Nikki, would you mind telling us a little bit more about that project? Yeah, there's a, a local nonprofit there. They actually have um, organizations throughout the country. It's called Family Promise, but they have, you know, local um, organizations that implement the same philosophy. And they, um, their goal is to help people transition out of homelessness to independence. And so they provide a lot of resources, but they have these families that are participating in their program and they actually live in, in a church for a week at a time, their entire family, and then they rotate to another church each week. So we would participate by bringing meals and eating with them. And um, I think my favorite part is that my kids could come and we could sit down and eat. And it was just so natural and so um, normal to just eat with people and be able to talk about anything and the kids literally would just pick up and start. I mean, there wasn't a lot to do. They would find like one little figurine and create a, a game and a story and just kind of go with it. And I loved just seeing that um, 
that that value from everyone there that we each re like respected each other and wanted to support one another. So that's something that I I really love doing. And so we do that once a quarter. So we take a week and provide meals a few nights that week. Okay, cool. Yeah, I love that idea of your kids sitting down with kids that they probably wouldn't interact with otherwise. Um, and they realize that they're just like them. It's just something cool about that, that being able to seize people in different realms and being able to realize that they all have worth and all deserve respect. I would also love to talk a little bit about what encouragement would you give to those that want to reach out and serve? Well, I tend to like to have everything planned out in advance. I hate committing to something if I don't know I can follow through on it. And that would be the opposite in this situation. <laughs> I think you just take a step forward and then pieces come together. And I'm really grateful that America has been willing to take steps forward, you know, with me to try this. And then as we move forward, we've found everybody puts in a little bit drop and it really does collectively move forward. That's just amazing. So you don't have to have some master plan or something laid out. You can just go with it and things evolve. And that, that is amazing to me. Yeah, you don't have to have every step lined out, but you put the idea out there. That's what I've learned. You put the idea out there and there are those that are just looking for that opportunity or, you know, they have something to contribute. They might know the next step and you just start. That's all you do. You show up and you start. Also, I feel like it depends on the project because I, I love that Nikki and I balance each other out in that way. I will come up with these schemes or ideas and I'm like, <laughs> We, I think we should do this. She's like, when were you thinking? I'm like, next month. And she's like, okay, well, we're going to have to do these. And she gets to work on planning and then we make it work. And then other times there are things that are just so important and the way we want to present it, um, it has to be, and had to have a, a positive impact has to be planned out thoroughly. Like what we did with screenagers and save the kids. I mean, those were huge feats that we accomplished, but that was like a group, a, a wave effort as well as a community effort. And so um, there were lots and lots of meetings and then logistically things would pop up as we started to gain momentum and, and um, people got more interested. And then we filled one of our auditoriums for the lecture like to capacity. So then we had to like pivot and, okay, what do we do now? Well, we had a high school offer to have an overflow and then it was like, okay, well now we have to have sound. We have to have some big ocean people over there as well. And um, tickets, you know, how do we do that? Well, should we do a Eventbrite? You know, so all of these things, I mean, that was like meticulous planning, but with each of our unique backgrounds, her uh, with her, therapy and we have you know um, women who were teachers or journalist majors so they were easy to write we got featured by the chronicle several times <laughs> over these two projects and so we luckily had a journalism major that was like oh I'll write our pieces and so it just everyone's unique talents and abilities came together and made it happen okay I love that you've mentioned those complementary attributes because we we create so much more when we work together as a team and we all have something specific to contribute. So I am really fascinated with the strength finders. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's this test that you can take that will show you your top five strengths. And there's 34 strengths that they, they write out, but 
they'll give you these. And if you, you can do the first five or you can do all 34. And if you have them all mapped out, it's like, it's like your personal DNA map where your 34 strengths in order will look different from every other person's on the planet. Like there is no one that has your specific layout of strengths. And, and a lot of times we, we, we speak more to our weaknesses than we do to our strengths. But each of you have mentioned strengths that you have that have contributed to the success of the projects that you've you've put together. And I think that that's what we need to speak to more often. The strengths that we have that complement each other, that support what we are able to accomplish. I love that idea, Dana. I think that it's spot on. And I the exciting thing to me is the fact that everywhere, everywhere around the world, there are women with unique talents and, and strengths. And that the combination of all of those within like these local waves all over the world create something significant. And then all together, all of us are creating something really, really profound. And so it's, it's exciting to look at the world that way instead of, you know, feeling like we're this lone person that we have to do it all or that we just, we can't really engage in the world the way that we want to because we don't have the strengths that we think we need. But combined, like that's our superpower, I think, as women is because we work so well, like collaboratively with one another, you know, I think that's awesome. Yep, exactly. Anything else you'd like to share about this tenant, about being unique and innately worthy of respect? I, I think for me personally, I, I have three daughters and I like what you were saying about our strengths and like really only focusing on weaknesses. I really am wanting trying to be more intentional on, you know, if someone compliments the strength or recognizes the strength, like we're so quick as women to be like, oh no, well I don't, or, you know, kind of dismiss that compliment or downplay, you know, and I just feel like um, we've been given those talents for a reason. And if you're using them for what they're intended, you should never downplay them or apologize for them. You should use that strength to lift others up as well. And so I, I really want to stop doing that and try to instill in my girls to own it, embrace it and do good with it. As you were talking, it made me kind of think for me, I think um, I've been, I am becoming better at recognizing and um, using my strengths as I more proactively acknowledge and like support other people in their strengths, ironically, you know, it, just, you, it doesn't start with, Oh, I've got to just own my strength. It actually, I think has become more, I've had a greater capacity as I've just acknowledged and supported and used other strengths that just kind of brings it out on me. Oh, then I can do this part. So that's, that's something I keep thinking about as we're talking about this. I like that. That's super mind blowing to me. It's almost like, you know, we unlock like our own capacity as we acknowledge other people's capacity. Like it just propels us forward in a way that we didn't think we could. And I also think that the idea that more gifts, more talents, more skills are added upon us as like we develop more as we use it. It's like, it has to be used in the service of others for us to kind of stretch ourselves in such a way that you have to acquire other skills and talents. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, you know, it reminds me of, of, of Christ's parable of the talents, <laughs> you know, where 
you have to kind of risk and put yourself out there a little bit to make that grow. You don't want to bury it. That comes to mind. Exactly. I was thinking of the same thing. I had another thought, you know, Dan, at the beginning, you started out by saying, you know, we have a tendency to think we're not enough or um, kind of reference that thought process. And I was thinking how I think in part when we're treating other people as though they are enough and acknowledging that, then we're literally changing those messages that we're sending ourselves. Like, you know, you think about it, the way our brain operates, the more that we think certain messages, the more that we are believing it and kind of subscribing to that. Well, if, if we shift that and we're, you know, acknowledging and validating others, then that's literally rewiring. And so that, that has that impact that way. That's so cool. I love thinking about that. So let's go back to these two populations that we've talked about, those in prison and those that have experienced homelessness. We are reinforcing their worth when we're, when we're providing service. I just, I kind of want to speak to that impact of influencing their worth and also changing the way we perceive people who have been in rough situations. So when we were at, at a family dinner, um, with family promise, my kids were playing with a little girl. And, um, before we left, she went to her room and remind you everything that they have, they switch each week. So they don't have a lot on them. They don't keep a lot on them or they just got to transport it in their car. She, they, she ran to her room and she came back and she brought this um, handmade blanket that had a bunch of Disney princesses on it. And she gave it to my daughter. And I was like, oh no, it's okay. You know, you, you don't, you don't need to give her a blanket. That's yours. You can keep it. And she was adamant. And then, so we accepted it. We accepted that offering. Um, and we came home and my daughters were just like, that was so nice of her. And I was feeling bad. Like oh, we shouldn't have taken one of her few possessions. Um, but it, you know, I realized how powerful that was for that little girl to realize that we were equal and that she could give a gift and it was valuable and it would be received. And I thought that was just so touching. And my daughters felt the same, like, well, she really wanted to give this to us. And it's so special. His princess is on it. And I think to me, that's ultimately what we're trying to do is allow others to share who they are and we accept them as they are. When you're with people and you get to see their souls, you get to see them for who they are, not so much their, like the circumstances that they have lived. You, you see the infinite worth of someone and, and that you, you yourself, you know, are that way that we're equal in this infinite, most beautiful way of, of being human together. And um, I think that that's a really precious lesson that your daughter learned. And that this little girl, you know, saw the value and the worth in your daughter enough to give her one of her most prized possessions. And there's this reciprocal kind of mutual understanding that of deep, deep friendship. And I think that that is it. Surely, if we've lived a life on this earth where we can recognize the fact that that our friendships go beyond just circumstance and what hardships we faced in this world, and that this kind of idea of status or, you know, social strata, even, you know, if, if we can live our life and recognize that that has nothing to do with each other's value, then I think we've learned a really big lesson in life. Yeah, so true. America, do you have anything that you'd like to add or? I, I was just going to share um, when, when I first moved here, I didn't really talk about you know, my past or my previous marriage or 
anything like that. And uh, I just didn't know how people re would receive it in our new community. But as I made friendships that, like you said, go way beyond like the surface level. Um, and I felt like, you know, I could trust them and they loved me for me, not because of what I've been through or that they would judge me for that. And I started to really open up is when all of these doors started to open for me to help others that have been in my situation before. And that was a very, very powerful lesson. <laughs> and so I am pretty much an open book now. I love sharing my story. I love sharing what I've been through and how like it is possible to, you know, there is the light at the end of the tunnel. It is possible to come out on the other side. And usually it's with the help of others. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being on and sharing your story with us today. Thank both of you for your service and your impact on your community. Ultimately, it affects not only our community, but the entire world. Um, and Carolina, I'll let you go ahead and wrap it up. You guys are awesome. I just am so grateful for your examples. I hope that our listeners out there can, can put themselves in your own life situation. You know, that we're busy mothers, that we have a lot of things going on, but you know, we're still capable of engaging in the world too, and in our communities and leading out in those efforts. And um, and I hope that they can feel like, wow, I can do that too. Like I can really have a big idea and gather support and engage, you know, and, and make it happen. And I hope any listeners out there, if you'd like to be a part of these big ocean women waves, which are women achieving vast empowerment, um, that you'd reach out to us at bigoceanwomen.org and we can get you all set up and we want to be a support to you as you engage and do, you know, do great things as well. So thanks, Nikki. And thanks, America, for your awesome examples. And can't wait to see what this new year brings. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. We are each one powerful drop in a big ocean of change. Join us in one of our local chapters, Waves, or Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post. Editing and production is by Fifth East Productions. Please join us again next week for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas and about people who are trying to make a difference in their communities.